Well, hello, and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Um, in the last week, a couple of things has happened between myself and my youngest daughter. We've been on a couple of photographic adventures. Well, one deliberate, one not quite so. But anyway, let's get started, shall we? There's a lot to cover this week. So, uh, last week I took my uh, youngest daughter, aged seven, to see the Royal Photographic Society's um, exhibition of photography down in Bristol at their new headquarters. And um, it's their traditional open exhibition that I, I think has been going for well over a hundred years. And then the new building is very impressive and certainly well worth checking out. A short walk from a Bristol Temple Mead station. Anyway, so Florence and I went to the exhibition. We go to a lot of exhibitions together. And uh, whenever we go, she always takes her, her little camera with her. She's got a beaten up old Rico that I've given her. And um, she takes lots of pictures. So we looked around the exhibition and uh, she chose her favourite picture and we talked about it. And then she chose her least favourite picture and we talk, talked about that as well. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, because there was something that occurred to me looking around at the work. And what this was, was it was quite a good variety of work, I have to say. Um, it didn't all fit into one very kind of tight aesthetic although it was very contemporary and um, it made me wonder as exactly what the expectation of the judges were of the Royal Photographic Society's membership, which I think is slightly more traditional. But anyway, that's perhaps a, a separate discussion point. So what I, kind of, what I noticed was themes. And there seemed to me to be three dominant themes throughout the exhibition, which all of the photographers were, um, I suppose, focusing on. And they were these, a sort of a geological, geographic kind of perspective, an economic politics kind of perspective, and a personal coping with loss kind of a perspective. These seem to me to be the, the sort of three main themes that were following throughout all of the work. And actually, those, those themes seem to be very dominant at the moment in the world of contemporary photographic practice. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just an observation. Now, what I didn't see were any photographs of landscapes, flowers, and the dreadful boudoir-type photography, which perhaps some people might associate more with camera clubs, and the RPS is, is associated with camera clubs to a lot of people. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Then at the beginning of the week, I found myself in a doctor's waiting room with Florence again. She wasn't very well. And whilst we were sitting and waiting for her number to come up on the screen, uh, I picked up a photo magazine from the many magazines that you find in a doctor's waiting room. This one was a recent issue, and I flicked through it. It was, a, I suppose, what you would describe as an enthusiast um, magazine. And what I noticed in this magazine was that the themes that I'd seen at the RPS exhibition, as I say, geographic, um, political, social, personal, they were nowhere to be seen in this magazine. This magazine was about photographing leaves and how do we document autumn and birds and Photoshop techniques. Exactly the same kind of material 
that I was seeing in magazines when I was last looking at them in any great depth back in 2010. And in fact, exactly the same as the kind of magazines I was recently looking at from 1968 when I was doing Bill J research. Wow, from 1968 to 2019. And these magazines have not changed their approach to photography at all. Well, it's no wonder, is it, that they're not selling, that they're doing poorly. And we've spoken about that in previous podcasts. What I thought was interesting was that the RPS seemed to be pointing the way forward and kind of introducing this understanding of photography, perhaps which is maybe alien to a lot of enthusiasts or hobbyist photographers. Uh, and also a lot of young photographers who may be looking at these kinds of photography magazines and thinking, well, that's what photography is. There's no sign of narrative. There's no sign of storytelling. And there's no sign of the, the deeply personal in that idea of documenting the world and the life that you lead in any of these enthusiast magazines. And that seems to be a big problem to me because what it's doing is showing a completely false idea of what photography is. Anyway, suffice to say, Florence really enjoyed the RPS exhibition. We had good conversations around it. Maybe some of the people working on these enthusiast magazines should get a little bit more involved with photography as to what's really happening. Talking about photography magazines, I saw this the other day written as somebody had sent their work off to be featured in a magazine. And this is what the photographer wrote on that post. So I emailed the magazine to ask about submitting work. They replied nicely with a link to their submission, for which I have to pay them $20 to submit my work to a magazine. To submit to a magazine, $20. To submit to them. Wow, maybe that sums up the state of where photography magazines are now. They expect you to pay just to look at the work. That's something we discussed again last week when we were talking about photo book publishing. In a week where a lot of stuff seems to have been going on, it would be difficult to have missed out. Also on the Sony World Press Photo Awards being accused of censorship after pulling Hong Kong photos or Hong Kong photos, kind of related photos from their competition. It seems to be a complex story and I've put the link to that story, which appeared on Peta Pixel after I saw uh, an audio interview, uh, audio interview, which had been uh, kind of set up by Keith uh, Kenneth, I should say. I'm, kind of, I'm all over the place this week. Kenneth Jarrett, who uh, regular friend to the show, and uh, he interviewed one of the photographers that this um, this censorship. Um, impacted upon. Anyway, if you go onto the United Nations of Photography.com website, you'll see a link underneath this podcast to that article on Petapixel so you can pick up on that. But there we go. More sort of smoke and mirrors going on. We've got photography competitions uh supposedly perhaps um censoring images from a political perspective despite the fact that they'd been awarded nominations. We've got magazines expecting you to pay for them to look at your work for their content. And we've also got a situation where photography magazines seem to be just dolling out the same old stuff than they ever did. 
I think it really is time, isn't it, for a lot of these people to stop talking at us and really start to talk with us. As I've said previously, the photographers whom I ask to contribute to the podcast each week, uh, I ask them never because they're award-winning or because they've got a big profile, but because they've got an interesting story to tell. And I kind of gauge that from reading about them, their history and where they came from, um, but also by looking at their work. A couple of weeks ago, we had Anton Kusters, who's one of the finalists in the Deutsche Bourse exhibition. Uh, competition and awards and uh, this week we've got another one that's a complete coincidence no money is changing hands here between me and the German finances but anyway who is this week's uh, contributing photographer well it's London-based Mark Neville Uh, Mark works at the intersection of art and documentary photography investigating the social function of photography He studied fine art at Reading University, Berkshire, for an MA in fine art at Goldsmiths in London, and undertook a postgraduate studies, and get ready for this, at the Reichsadad Academy, I hope I got that right, um, in Amsterdam. His work has appeared in numerous group and solo shows, including Here Is London at the Lianzhu Photo Festival in 2018, the Guangzhou China in 2018, London Pittsburgh at the Multimedia Art Museum of Moscow, Russia, IWM Contemporary Mark Neville at the Imperial War Museum, and Deeds Not Words at the Photographer's Gallery, London. Recent awards include a nomination for the Infinity Award for Fine Art in 2015 and uh, by the New York Times for the Pulitzer Prize in 2013. He was also a recipient of the Wellcome Trust Large Arts Award in 2012. His work is held within the collections at the Arts Council of England, the Kunstmuseum Bern, the Flemish Community Collection, National Galleries of Scotland, Scottish Parliament, Martin Parr Foundation and many others. It's time to hear from Mark telling us what photography means to him. My name is Mark Neville. Um, I'm an artist working with photography. I'm currently sat in my studio in East London. Um, photography means and has meant different things to me at different periods of my life so when I was a young boy my grandfather who I was surrounded by frequently during my youth um, used to be captain of a ship during World War II and when he came back clearly I see now suffering from PTSD he just used to shout at everyone in the family and take photographs of us using this box camera. And I became powerfully aware at a very young age that this camera was a means of communication for him. Um, it was a way for him to mediate a relationship between himself and the world because he couldn't do it by conventional means anymore. Um, So that was my first kind of uh, introduction to what photography could mean for someone. And the next big experience with photography was when I was uh, working as a fashion model. So that was in my 20s and... um, there I became powerfully aware of how photography maybe isn't so enabling how it reduces people to 
reduces flesh and blood really to two dimensional dimensions, planes, experiences, and uh, commodifies skin, commodifies real people in some way. So later, when I started using photography as my, if you like, the primary medium for my work, although I think the primary medium is more to do with ideas rather than a medium per se, when I started using photography as a main medium, if you like, in my work, then um, that would have been in my mid-30s, at the age of 35, um, when I made a book project which I gave out to every single resident in the town, every single, single home, rather, in the, in the town on the west coast of Scotland called Port Glasgow. And it was a way of, for me of um, subverting the way in which coffee table books always ended up on the coffee tables of white English middle class people like me and not on the coffee tables of the people represented in those books um, it was a kind of subversion of the social documentary genre in a way so for me photography has been about these um, contradictory forces uh, of positive and negative positive being you know means of communication a means of uh expressing a viewpoint in the world a kind of uh existential expression about um enabling someone to have a voice um enabling someone to express an opinion and on the other hand reducing someone commodifying them um in a way which is inaccurate or incomplete um, and also the element of voyeurism which is at once you know can be at once appealing but also uh, abusive or um, exploitative so it's always for me about negotiating those two opposites and trying to find a way to swing the balance towards the ethical in some way and um that's that's always a tightrope with social documentary work and that's that's a pitfall but that's also that's also the challenge of it thank you mark there for your contribution this week it's interesting isn't it anybody who's listening to this podcast who's listened to a number of the contributors over the the almost years now i suppose that we've been going uh how often it goes back to that thing of family, the the influence of a of a parent or a family member, and um, beginning with that understanding of photography. I think it's also really interesting there to hear from Mark that he actually discovered photography so late in the day. You don't have to be a wonder kid starting with photography sort of at 16, 17, 18 to go on to be a very successful uh, person working with the medium. There's no reason why you can't uh, use that experience that you've gained before you pick up a camera to actually inform the work that you're doing and, and that very personal quality. I have to say also that from my perspective, I love the fact that Mark is so keen to get photography out there, perhaps to the people who don't ordinarily engage or feel that they can engage with photography. 
I suppose in a way that also links back. And as I always say, none of this is planned. It's just kind of freeform, as perhaps earlier in the podcast when I was staggering all over the place uh, indicated. It's also not edited, this podcast, in, in any way. But um, anyway, so it goes back to that idea I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast um, of going to see the exhibition with my seven-year-old daughter. I see that as part of my responsibility as a father, I suppose, really, um, to introduce um, my daughters, um, because I have three, but to introduce them to the idea of culture on that broader spectrum, not only of photographic um, exhibitions, but the theatre and music and all sorts of contemporary practice within the creative industries. I'm interested in, in it all, as, I, as I've said many, many times, but I'm also really interested in passing that on, because without that knowledge, without that, that sense of investigation, surely we can't really be photographers. We need to have that desire to find stuff out, either from an emotional perspective or from an intellectual perspective. But that sense of inquiry has got to be intrinsic to the photographer, I believe. And perhaps, again, tying back up to those hobbyist magazines I was talking about that were lying there on the table in the doctor's waiting room, they don't actually have a sense of inquiry. They sort of have a sense of, I suppose, achievement or kind of manipulation of a camera and some software. And I think that's a real shame. It really doesn't uh, allow people to understand just how much you can get from photography. Yeah, every week I sit here in the shed and I talk about photography and stuff. Uh, hopefully you can hear my passion for photography but actually what I'm really passionate about is communication and storytelling and the sharing of information that for me is what gets me really excited photography is kind of intrinsic to that but it's not everything but anyway as we say at the end of every uh, episode just when I start to realize that uh, it's time for me to stop talking I always wish you the same advice for the coming week, and that's to take care. <laughs>